Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast, Brayden and Tally. And happy 41st day of the Omer. We're here, day 41, counting down, nine days to go. And we have uh, day 40 was yesterday, which is, from my understanding here, is Ascension Day. And so... uh, so for me, this is like a really exciting day to think about, to think about um, this whole story. There's, there's a couple stories in the Bible that just are really exciting to me as far as thinking about this whole picture of betrothal and the wedding that's coming and and all of this. And so uh, so one of them is when, when Yeshua is actually sitting with the disciples and he's drinking of the fruit of the vine. He says, I'm not going to drink this again until I'm with you in the kingdom. And so that's always just like a really exciting part of the scriptures for me because I'm like, oh, he's still like waiting. Like he's like probably really looking forward to that glass of wine when it's going to, when that time comes and stuff. So I think that's really neat. And, but then this is another really, really neat moment where it's just like, it's kind of like, oh, it just makes you excited is when Yeshua, he's like on the earth and then he sees the face you know, face to face, his beloved bride, the disciples, the uh, the people that have been following him, and he goes up into the air and he says, "I'm going to go prepare a place for you." You know, and of course, we have we still have a relationship with Yeshua, and it's very special and it's very sweet, but it's not face to face the way that it's going to be, you know, that what, what, that's what we have to look forward to is the face to face, the fullness. And, you know, it reminds me so much of the time, uh, you know, when Brayden and I had our betrothal and Brayden came to me at the end and said, I'm going to prepare a, a place for you. And he walked out the door and we weren't going to see each other again until the wedding. It's the part where my children always break down crying. <laughs> they just, it's very hard for them to see Abba leave Ima. <laughs> Even though we always tell them, he comes back, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, they still cry every single time. It's very, very moving to them. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So it's it's such a, a neat thing to just think about this whole picture of the story that's being played out, the story that God wrote from the foundation of the earth, um, that all of the world is, is all of the earth is groaning for is the, the fullness of this redemption of Yeshua's return of this wedding uh, that's going to take place and, and all that comes with that. And so it's, uh, it's a really exciting thing to, to think about in this season as we count the Omer, uh, as we, we get, get closer. And, and so, yeah, so perfect, uh, perfect little, you know, thing to remember as we're diving to the song of songs here again, we're in chapter two. Uh, so we're going to be opening up here. Chapter two, verse one. Yes. So here we are. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. So this is a statement. The bride is just actually continuing on from chapter one. She's saying this very bold statement. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Some commentators believe this is the bridegroom, but uh, many differ with that. And, and, and I differ there too. I believe it, it is just the bride continuing on speaking. It just 
follows the storyline more closely for the bride to be saying this line. So she's really confident in her status, you could say. <laughs> she's really confident in her redemption, her value. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. This beautiful lily and the valley here can speak of, you know, going through the trials, the tribulations of this life through this world. But yet there's this beautiful flower. There's, there's the body of Messiah that is in the world and it's the lily in the valley. Mm-hmm. Then moving on to verse two, like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. So here the bridegroom, he validates the bride. He says, yes, you are a lily. You know, she, first he says, I am the lily. And he, he says, yes, like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And uh, just want to mention too about John the apostle. It just, this, you know, this first uh, verse here reminds me of how he's just, he's really confident. He says, the one that Yeshua loves, right? He refers to himself as the one Yeshua loves. And here the bride said, I am the rose of Sharon. I'm the beautiful one. Mm-hmm. I'm the beautiful one that he desires, basically. And so for you out there listening, there's a place of humility, yes, in you know, not exalting in, uh, in our flesh, right? But there's also a place of accepting what God says to us. Mm-hmm. If he says, you are like a rose to me, you are beautiful like a lily, then just accept that. <laughs> just accept <laughs> that, that affirmation, that, that, uh, that truth over your life. And, and you can flourish in that. You can flourish in the beauty that God has given you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, he says it there in verse two, like a lily among thorns. He said, oh, there's just this, you know, bramble thorns. And, and but yet you're like this beautiful lily in the midst of that. And so this is who you are. You know, you may be in a situation where your your family or your friends or in your workplace, there's these people that are really maybe against you. You know, there's these kind of these briars, these thorns that are poking at you. But when the bridegroom looks at you, you're, if you're you know, set to seek him, to love him, he's, oh, you're like a lily among thorns. He says, so is my love among the daughters. Mm-hmm. I want to read this story from this book. I've been, I've been reading this book of sermons by Charles Spurgeon from the Song of Solomon. He preached over 60 sermons from the Song of Solomon. If you think about that, he preached over a year, if he preached a sermon per week, he preached over a year in the course of his ministry from the Song of Songs. And uh, so it's pretty amazing. But so I've been reading through this as we've been going through this series. And uh, I just want to read this little excerpt from the book about this passage, uh, like a lily among thorns. It says, it grows among thorns, and I have sadly lacerated my hands in extricating it from them. Nothing can be in higher contrast than the luxuriant velvety softness of this lily and the withered tangled hedge of thorns about it. Ah, beloved, you know who it was that in gathering your soul and mine lacerated not his hand only, but his feet and his head and his side and his heart. Yes, in his inmost soul. So just this idea of Yeshua, the bridegroom coming in, he was lacerated. He was beaten as he went through that hedge of thorns in order to come to us the lily you know just that that's that picture is a beautiful picture mm-hmm. of his love of his of his desire for us like a lily among thorns so is my love among the daughters and then we to read a few scriptures here ezekiel 2 6 it says and you son of man do not be afraid of them nor be afraid of their words through though briars and thorns are with you and you dwell among scorpions. So here God's speaking to Ezekiel and saying, you're in the midst of a people that are like thorns. You know, there, there's these pokey thorns all around you. 
uh, but don't be afraid of them. And so this, this, this is connecting to this verse here, like a lily among thorns, God's people, his bride is like a lily among thorns. There's these thorns that are all around. And we see a very similar verse in 2 Samuel 23, 6, but the sons of rebellion shall all be as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands. So here again, the thorns are related to the sons of rebellion. There's these, there's this rebellious world around us, but we're like this lily among the thorns, like a lily among thorns. So is my love among the daughters. So, uh, just the challenge here is to, is to be that fragrance right in the midst of the thorns, you know, and there's this place where the thorns can actually be transformed around mm-hmm. us, uh, to become, the lily, right? right? right. <laughs> there's there could be this transformation that happens as we as we seek to be that lily. Now we'd also we have the parable of Yeshua. He said talked about the thorns choking out, right? But we need to be that that lily that's actually overtopping the thorns, right? <laughs> right? This is it. Like the sun is still coming down. It's not choking out the cares of this world, the riches, all those things Yeshua mentioned that choke out mm-hmm. the uh, the the good seed. Mm-hmm. We need to be that lily, even though we're in the midst of this rebellious world. That lily that we are needs to grow and flourish and, and actually come out on top of all those weeds and thorns that are around us. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I was another uh, thing that I've heard about these scriptures too, is that when it's saying um, the Rose of Sharon and she's comparing herself to the Lily of the valleys, that it's, it's almost like, like she was saying that she's something nice, but almost common. I think like even like, cause when you think of the Lily in the valleys, like I think of Israel, for instance, the valleys is where things flourish. And so there might be lots of lilies in the valleys, you know, like there might be just lots of them, you know, where it's almost common kind of a thing. And so it's almost like, like, yeah, I, I think that she was recognizing a good thing in her, but then the bridegroom not only affirms her in it, but he says, oh no, no, you're not just a lily of the valleys. Like you're not just a common lily, you're a lily among thorns. Like, and I think of the, you know, Harbracha where we've spent a lot of time in Israel is up on the mountain. It's not, you know, necessarily in the, the valleys, but it's, it's up on a, in a mountain and there are, there's lots of thorns there and stuff. And when you see a lily in the midst of thorns on the mountain, it accents like, the beauty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, look at the lily, you yeah. know, it's like, it makes it even more special, you know, because it's, uh, it's not a common thing. And so right. like, and I think it's just as like what you were saying, it's like, there's a comparison there that it's not just, you know, you're not just a common thing, but like when you choose to, when you choose to pursue my heart, like, man, you stick out, you know, everything else pales, everything else is thorns, right. you know, and you are just this beautiful thing. And so I just, I love that, that comparison as well. And just how he affirms her in that, you know, and he's like, you know, he calls her out to that. Like he, it's like, he's calling her up to that, that place. Right. Yeah. That's great. So moving on to verse three, the, uh, then the, the, the bride, she says, like an apple tree among the trees of the woods. So is my beloved among the sons. And so here she just, you know, she's uh, repaying the compliment basically, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we see trees throughout the scripture often referring to humanity. You know, it talks about in Isaiah that you'd be trees of righteousness. We see in Psalms, David says, I am like a green olive tree. So we see these different references throughout scripture of trees being uh, related to people. And so when she says here, like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, she's also saying here, 
you're special. You're you're like this apple tree. There's all these other trees out there. All of humanity is out there, basically, mm-hmm. among the suns, you know, and you, but you're like this apple tree. You are singularly beautiful and desirable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is this is how uh, this is how it is seen. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful just recognition. He, he's, it, there's a taste. Like a lot of the trees of the wood have no flavor, have no taste. But oh, you're like an apple tree. You're you're flavorful. You smell good. You nourishing. Know, this, yeah, nourishing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's this uh, beauty in him. Yep. Okay, then she says, I sat down in his shade with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. And I really want to focus in on this passage because this, in my own testimony, this was a huge area where God really helped me. And I feel like it's something that's really neat. It's a, it's a, it's a big key to growing in the knowledge of God mm-hmm. is this place of sitting down in the shade. Yeah, so and we're actually going to be talking for the rest of this podcast. We're going to be focusing on this concept, yes. right? Of resting in the shade. Yes. I want to look at some <laughs> scriptures on this and just talk about what does it mean to sit down in his shade? And we know earlier on in the Song of Songs that she was sunburned, right? She, mm-hmm. She's experienced the, the sunburn, the, the heat of the, of the midday sun, mm-hmm. and, but now she's sitting down in the shade. And so for us in life, sometimes we go through these trials. We're like, oh, we're experiencing the heat of the sun. The, the, we're sunburnt. We get, we get, we're, we're ugly, right, from the effects of the sun. But then we sit down in the shade. It, so it, there's this contrast here in a way. And we, we, you know, if you've ever worked out in a hot field, you are a hot hay field. I grew up working <laughs> in hay fields. And uh, you come to sit under the shade, drink a nice cup of water from the spring. Oh, there's a refreshing in that. You appreciate a lot more after you've been out in the sun. Uh-huh. And so here the bride, she's so appreciating this shade that she finds with the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. So, and also an amazing thing about this passage is, is it's referred later on in the Song of Solomon in chapter eight, verse five. It says, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Under the apple tree, I awakened you. There, your mother was in labor with you. There, she who bore you was in labor. So the bridegroom comes back. He gives a comment on what happened under this apple tree. When the bride, she's not striving, right? Sitting down, you're, you're just resting, sitting. You're not trying to move forward. You're not you know, striving to accomplish something. You're just sitting. The bridegroom says here, that's where I awakened you. Yeah, it wasn't in your striving and your and your thinking that you could prove yourself. It was when you sat down. Mm-hmm. When you sat down in what I provided. I sat down in his shade. It's not her own shade. It's not her own making. I sat down in his shade, what he provided for me. Mm-hmm. And his fruit was sweet to my, to my taste. And so here the tree is reference to the finished work of the cross that Yeshua has accomplished the salvation he's accomplished the redemption for us when he hung upon the tree right he hung upon that tree to to redeem us and so we begin our journey with this recognition of resting sitting down in that shade and then we end the journey we see in song of songs eight five here at the end as well she's leaning on her beloved who's this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved so we begin leaning and we end leaning we don't ever stop leaning we're (laughs) we're always in this place of needing to lean upon the beloved and that's where he wants us you know that's where he desire that's that's his heart's desires that we would lean upon him to be close to him Mm 
Mm-hmm. And we know in the scripture says, do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, or that proverb can also be translated in all your ways, know him. It's the Hebrew word yada. In all your ways, know him. This is what, what the God is wanting us to do is to actually know him in our, in our life. Mm-hmm. And here we see in the Song of Psalms 8.5.2, it was the body of Messiah. We see uh, the mother, as we mentioned before in the podcast, the mother is the body. It's the body of Messiah that's giving birth. You know, as we intercede, as we uh, seek God, you know, Yeshua said, pray that God would send forth labors into the harvest. There's this birthing of, of souls of, of a harvest. And so here she says, that you're there, your mother was in labor with you. So in this apple tree place, basically, you know, it's under the apple tree, the mother is laboring to bring forth people to rest, mm-hmm. right? There's this beautiful picture of bringing the children forth to rest. The mother, yeah. the mother, the body of Messiah was laboring for you, for me, to bring us forth to enter into this rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's hard not to think about labor right now. <laughs> I've, I'm, uh, I'm getting towards the end of uh, this pregnancy here. Not, not the end. I've got a couple months to go, uh, but... But yeah, the idea of labor is definitely uh, is coming more to mind now. And I just even think about um, labor and what, uh, you know, the past five children I've had. And, and you know, that's what they tell you to do when you labor, even. Is relax, like, right? <laughs> is, yeah, is to relax, rest, you know, breathe, you know. And so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of just an interesting uh, picture just because there is a labor in this whole process, right? In the bride being ready in, um, in getting, you know, in, in just this whole preparation time and the, the, and even when he talks about birth pangs, you know, that the earth is even going to experience. Uh, and so, you know, I just think of when I think of labor, that's what I, that's the thing you're supposed to concentrate on is just relax, rest, embrace it. Don't fight it. You know, that, that kind of a thing. And so I just think of, of that when it's, when we're, when we're thinking about this, like, yeah, there's, there's going to be some hard times. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be, it's going to be at times seem like what is going on you know, right. where you're going to be tempted to just get stressed out, to give up, um, to, you know, even, you know, just, you know, just want to give up, you know, get out of it, you know? Um, but I think the more that, you know, that we can, uh, rest in the finished work of Messiah, that he's going to bring it forth and rest in what we have in him and, uh, just embrace the, almost embrace the labor pains, which is, which is what you need to do. Right. <laughs> you know, it, uh, I think that, that that plays a big part in in this whole process is just trusting that, you know, like, you know, for, like for me, it's like when you have a baby, it's not like you do something to have a baby. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you don't really have a choice. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> like, there's uh-huh. no, no getting out of it. There's no, you know, God's going to bring forth this baby. <laughs> you just have to agree with it <laughs> kind right. of a thing. And so, you know, I think of that with this whole bridal picture is that God's going to get ready a bride. It's going to happen. Like, right. this earth is going to be ready for Messiah. It's going to happen. It's not going to be our, our main job in that is to just accept it and embrace it. Right. And, and trust that he's going to make it come forth, you know, that he's going to bring it forth in his timing, in his strength, in his, you know, 
will yeah. that it's going to be done. So there's that. Yeah. I think of that, you know, just with the, the resting and laboring at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I think it also could be referring to two different stages in our spiritual journey as well, because you have the mother, which I think in some context, many that may be speaking to out there could be in that place of the mother mm-hmm. that we're laboring forth, you know, to, right. to bring forth. Uh, those that are, could be our family, our friends that were wanted to labor and prayer to see mm-hmm. them brought forth. Uh, but then you have the the bride here in this early stage where she's just resting, you know. Right. So like that could be referring to two different stages in spiritual growth. I think it is important, as you're saying, to even if you are in labor, to to labor from that from that place of rest, you right, know, from right. that place of resting in what He's already done for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here, I think in the beginning of the journey, it's so important, you know, if you're newly saved, if you're newly a new believer. To be in that place of, you know what, you know, even like God, he made Adam, the first thing he has him do is rest, right? He creates Adam on the sixth <laughs> right, day. Right. And then, you know, the seventh day, I, the first thing, I, you know, Adam, I'm not just trying to pump work out of you. Right. <laughs> you know, I, 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 let's just rest together on the seventh day. So I think this is so critical. And I think we can sometimes get the cart before the horse, you know, and just think, okay, I'm going to go out there and just serve, 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 serve. And yes, yeah, serving is great. We want to serve. Right. But if we do it, with our priorities out of line, then we end up getting really burned out. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that's why in the wisdom of God, he says, love first, you know, love God first, make that your first priority. And then you'll, you'll be able to make it for the long haul. You'll be able to go all the way to the finish line from in that place mm-hmm. of resting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's just so powerful. So you out there, that are listening. I just, you know, do you want to be revived spiritually? Do you want to be awakened and, and I'm sure your answer is yes. One of the first things you need to do is just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to sit down and accept what God has provided for you. And uh, he's provided salvation by the blood of Yeshua. You have been saved. You've been set free from darkness. You can just rest in that. And so this is a, a powerful place. You sit down in the shade with great delight. I love how it points out. There's, there's a delight that comes when you cease from striving and thinking that you can save yourself. Mm. There's a great delight. I sat down in his shade with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. There's a fruit that he has just right there for you just to, to partake of. And it's sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's a, uh, such a savor, such a, a glorious taste to that fruit of just eating, of partaking, being nourished by the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And this is what God, this is part of your inheritance in him is that you can partake of that fruit. Mm-hmm. So I want to look a little bit at the Psalm for Shabbat, Psalm for the Sabbath day. And this is a, a very, I believe a very key Psalm in entering into God's rest. There's some major themes, I believe in this Psalm that, that teach us what it means to enter into the rest that God has provided for us. So it begins a song, a song for the, the Sabbath or a song for Shabbat. And even that word Shevet or La Shevet means to sit. So Shabbat and La Shevet are actually, they're connected roots. So to Shabbat, you could say is to, to, sit, to sit down, right? So this, <laughs> this bride here, she's, she's Shabbatting under the, uh, under the apple tree. She's just experiencing that rest of, of just you know, partaking from the, of just receiving from the bridegroom. And so this Psalm opens up, this is a Psalm for rest to just enter into the rest of God. It opens up, it says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. Almost high. I believe a major key in resting in God is just to thank him for what he's already given you. Giving thanks 
uh, you, you know, you're seated with Messiah, right? You know, that's what the scripture says. We've been seated in heavenly places. And this is uh, our, part of our, our identity is that we're seated with him in power. And so thank him. Just begin to thank God. Thank you, Father, for the Sabbath rest that you've given me, that I am seated with Messiah in heavenly places. Thank you that you call me beloved. Thank you that you've chosen me. Thank you that you've redeemed me. This is one of the, I believe, one of the beginning spots of rest. And this is one of the first places we come to in the Psalm for rest, for Shabbat. <laughs> give thanks. Oh, when you just give thanks to God, Mm-hmm. you can you can just let go of a lot of burdens and mm-hmm. uh, it's such a such a powerful thing to do then we it goes on to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night and this is uh, an amazing thing i i just happened upon years back but there's five different scriptures that talk about god's love in the morning and this is one of them so when you wake up in the morning declare god's loving kindness this is a great way to start the day off uh, just get that. Uh, James talks about the rudder in the ship. You know, as your tongue, get that rudder just right going in the direction you want it to. Right, right from the right at the start of the morning, and uh, start declaring God's loving kindness. The other passages are Psalm one forty three eight. It says, "Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning." Psalm fifty nine sixteen. It says, "But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning." And then Lamentations three twenty two. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that passage. Then we have Psalm 90, verse 14. It says, Oh, satisfy us early with your mercy. And that word early there is actually the Hebrew word boker, which those of you know Hebrew know that's the word for morning. So the verse could literally be translated, Oh, satisfy us in the morning with your mercy. So here again, we have God's mercy and the morning paired together. Those are some verses Brayden likes to quote to me a lot about the early morning, all, yeah, the, all right. the goodness that's in the early morning. <laughs> yeah. So just do it. I mean, it's right there to, to receive in the morning. God's loving kindness. His chesed is the Hebrew word, chesed. Mm-hmm. It's right there for you to receive in the morning. So just partake of it. And when you receive it in the morning, you're on a good track for the rest of the day just to <laughs> move forward in that. So yeah, it's powerful. So Psalm 92, it continues on. It says, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. And this is the place of rest when we, as I said, rest in what he has done. We triumph in the work of his hands, not in the work of our own hands, in the work of his hands. This is where we triumph. And think about the work of his hands. He bore nails in his hands and that he triumphed over the powers of darkness as he bore those nails, the work of his hands. And when you rest in that work, that's a place of, of, of great spiritual strength. Uh, we see in, uh, uh, moving on, I'm not going for every verse, but just uh, some key verses here. It says, when the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. So Yeshua, when he did that work on the cross, he destroyed the power of darkness. In 1 John 3, it says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. So here, you know, the works of darkness are, are Lord, are on high forevermore, for behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. This is just the key in resting in God is knowing that the enemy is not going to have the final say, right? Mm-hmm. Colossians 3.15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The enemy has been defeated. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Then moving on, Psalm 92, it says, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. When you find that place of rest in God, there's a place of just being anointed with his oil. And 
this is what you this is what you want this is where you want to be is just mm-hmm. resting in him receiving from him mm-hmm. moving along it says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in lebanon those who are planted in the house of the lord shall flourish in the courts of our god there's this righteousness that comes from trusting in god uh, this psalm talks about the righteous and this these are the people that are Righteous are ones that have received righteousness from God, the righteousness that comes from Yeshua's work that he accomplished for us. And this is the place of spiritual growth. Uh, when we lean on our own strength to be righteous, then it's it's not enough, right? We need to lean upon God. It's God-focused uh, when we, we trust him for righteousness, leaning on Yeshua. This is where we want to be found. Mm-hmm. Then... Just wrapping up with a few more verses from Psalm 92, it says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. If you embrace this lifestyle of resting in that shade of what the Messiah has accomplished for you, you can be on a track to be bear fruit even in old age, to be fresh and flourishing. This is, this is the track you, wanna, you want your life to be on. If you're young, if you're you know, old, wherever you are, get in that place of just receiving from him. He'll renew you morning by morning in his mercy and love. And when you get to be in old age, 70, 80, 90 years old, you're going to be fresh and flourishing. <laughs> and Amen. then the last verse, to declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. If you can get to old age and make that declaration, there is no unrighteousness in him. I have no offenses toward God throughout my life. That's a powerful testimony. And that's found in the place of resting in him. It's found in that place of just resting in the shade of what he's accomplished for you. Yes, we serve, we labor, but it's all from that place of resting and trusting in him to accomplish through us his will. Mm -hmm. So wherever you are out there, may you be strengthened and encouraged to rest, to find that place of vigor and strength in your Messiah, your bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Amen. This is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. Oh, 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 oh. Yeshua.